Wow, Oscar fans. What about those shockaroos for Best Picture and Best Actress? And how did you score against these guys? This is the A-team of Oscar prognosticators. We're here with Joyce Eng, Marcus Dixon, Daniel Montgomery, Chris Beecham. I'm Tom O'Neill of Gold Derby. And let's go to the honor roll who, who had the best predictions among our editors. Ding, 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 ding. Chris, Marcus, and Paul Sheehan had 70%. Uh, Joyce and I had a mere 66%, and uh, uh, the others had the others. <laughs> You're so kind to Daniel. Thanks. I'll, I'll be gone. Thank you. <laughs> Just crawl under the nearest furniture. <laughs> to be in, in my defense, I. I, there's I, no defense for your score, Dan. No, no, no there's no defense <laughs> for my score, but uh, I got, um, and I will say it publicly 14 out of 24 correct, 58%, and which was with the worst of all the experts, but it's actually a credit to us experts that my 58% actually matched our odds. Our oh, odds, okay. I, missed, I missed 10 categories and our odds missed 10 okay. categories. So but you're Daniel, not any more stupid than our odds. Okay, good. Exactly. Daniel, you've won before. Like a few years ago, you got what, 23 out of 24, so. Yes, 23 out of 24. <laughs> Just keep saying that. Don't make excuses as, for as him, Mark. As far as I'm concerned, that is the only score I have ever gotten. And you know, this one doesn't like drop the lowest score, drop the second, <laughs> drop every score but the one. I'm, how how distant is that memory now? <laughs> oh no, I, I, I hold that memory close on on mornings like this. You know, it's the I, background of his computer, his score. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically it's one of my favorite things about Birdman is is that yeah. That's why <laughs> I'm right. so happy. Uh, let, let, let's get let's provide some room here for our our winners to crow. Marcus, you first. Well done. Uh, how did you do it? I don't know how I did it. And to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I, it should have been higher because minutes before the prediction center closed, I was this close to changing two categories. From I had favorite for costumes or production design. I wanted to change them to Black Panther. And if Me I too. had, uh, I, if I, I had, switched from Black 19. Panther to favorite. Oh, you idiot. Well, I did that like last week. <laughs> I had Black Panther for both and I switched both. But I got all three shorts correct. So. Yeah. Oh, you did? I only got yeah. two of the three. Both. This is the first time. I always get all three shorts correct. Just about an hour before the prediction center closes, go to see what Joyce is predicting on the show. <laughs> I'm going to do that next year. This was one of the few years where I didn't have time to see any of the shorts and my my record on the shorts was better than my record overall. I got two out of three, which was 66% right on the shorts and 58% overall with all my predictions. So I'm never watching the shorts again. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna copy Joyce's prediction. Okay, but Marcus, Marcus, Marcus watched all of them this year and got three out of three. This well is done. the first time, Oscar history has been made, everyone. I got all three correct. I, and I noticed uh, when I was looking over the predictions and you had skin, I thought, hmm, you know, the, the only reason, I didn't go with that. That's the only one I got wrong of the shorts was because it was just like trailer park tattoo, white trash people that, you know, the Oscar snobs wouldn't go for that. Mm. Uh, we Chris, talk about uh, Tom Word sometimes. And when I, I had skin for a while and I just thought, who wants to vote for the word skin? I know, it just, I it just sounds weird. Um, <laughs> I think you're right to ask me. I, I made two switches on Friday. I think they were the only switches I made late in the week. But it was a wash. I had changed visual effects to First Man, so I was happy about that. But I changed sound. Everybody was telling me I was so wrong to have Bohemian for sound mixing and sound editing. So I took it out of editing and sound you editing. Quiet place. 
and uh, pick the quiet place. You know, I was doing the live ABC app, you know, predict as you go. They had that game, right, uh, with, with the show. And when it came to sound editing, I, I picked uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And then all of a sudden when it won, I went, yeah, I got another category right. And I went, wait a minute, that's not what I have at the site. <laughs> Why did I? <laughs> well, they both won at the um, Sound Editors Guild. So it was a hard. and. The, and First Man and Avengers had won at the visual effects. We had so many categories this year that were truly, I mean, you could really wipe out three out of the five in almost every category, but it was down to, we call it an A, B. It was almost every category was an A or B. So could you throw the darts just right to, you know, to get, to get yeah, the right that's, one? Yeah, that's what I did with costume design, production design, because I, I had Black Panther, and then I switched to favorite, and then I was like, should I just split it and do one of each? But then one of I split it incorrectly, so mm. then I just chose two uh, for the same one, one for, for both of them, and I picked the wrong one. <laughs> the same scenarios. Um, I knew score was difficult. It could have gone to any of the five logistically, or, or they were all five really good scores, but I think we had all discussed amongst ourselves if you ever have a category and you're not sure, go with the best picture nominee. So I think a lot of us had narrowed it down to Black Panther or Black Klansman. And I just debated that all week long. And somehow I landed right on Black Panther. But um, that was, that was actually one of the few one ones I got. Yeah, that was one of the few ones that I got right uh, that <laughs> was, that was you know, kind of close. Um, yeah, I think I, most I people up, had Beale Street. So. Yeah, I ended up doing that one because I was skeptical about Beale Street. Another one I got wrong was uh, uh, I, I, I stuck my neck out for Rachel Weisz. Um, but because uh, I didn't think I didn't see the support for Beale Street in the industry. Uh, and then Black Panther won at the Grammys, which is literally the only industry award we had to go on, even though the eligibility year is completely different and you know so i'm like i'm just gonna go with black panther and see what happens but black Klansman won a garmy too true but it was it was it was for like one individual track from the score when black well, i know but it just made it, it made it why couldn't they have just gone black panther and made it easy on us all right, let's talk about the big, big upset, which is, of course, uh, Green Book for Best Picture. There was a theme in the uh, results uh, across the board, which was, screw you to the blogosphere bullies. You don't like Green Book? Too bad. Best Picture, Best Screenplay. And I think we all knew when it won Screenplay that the, suddenly that danger for Best Picture as mm -hmm. the unfolded was very real and bohemian rhapsody doing so well across the board again the blogosphere bullies didn't like it it's not cool but this was an oscars for the traditionalists uh and i i think uh they made wonderful i'm glad chris aren't you glad uh green book one you're you like me you're a big fan of it that was my favorite movie of the whole year so i'm <laughs> yeah. thrilled other than my predictions but marcus how many times over that last three or four days did i say I really want to pull the trigger on Green Book. And mm -hmm. we would talk about it for a minute or we would be going back and forth on messaging. And I would say, that Peter Farrelly snub. That's, yeah, that's, that's big. It's one thing to have an editing snub for, for Roma or uh, the SAG thing or ones that don't, they matter, but they don't really matter. But that directing snub really was bugging me. And I just wouldn't pull the trigger because of that. But I think the one thing we've learned with at least 2,000 more members in the past couple of years and more international members and, uh, you know, uh, next year will be even, even smaller window of time for voting. Rules don't necessarily matter as much as they used to. Um, the rules we would go by there's there every year we're breaking some kind of rule and, and you have to just figure out 
we noticed on the ballots we were getting secret ballots we noticed on the ones other websites were getting green book was getting ranked on every single ballot and uh at least two or three um uh, no other movie was finishing in that top three off the ones that i saw so um we knew that on a preferential ballot it could do it but you also had no number one votes for it right we didn't have a big sample on our five we had no number ones but right but the, the ones the are less one important the than three. the twos and threes it was the only you, one you just top. you just need to be the least disliked <laughs> that's how you win best picture well you know that was the other part of the reason I, I mean what if it just had a clean you know year a clean campaign nobody going after it I might have also pulled the trigger but they were dragging it in the mud the other the other campaigns so much it is just, funny oh, how like away it's gonna weigh on some people that are gonna put it down around seven. yeah it's funny how like the backlash took down three billboards last year but I think I the backlash that. actually helped Green Book because there if you read some of those like anonymous ballots from you know various websites like some people were just kind of voting for it out of spite because they don't like being told what to like, mm. like especially like the older like white male members in the county, like the old guard that's still in there. So I think that's part of it. Well, the difference in three billboards in Green Book, <coughs> they had similar smutty campaigns from other places, but you don't walk out of three billboards happy. You walk out of Green Book happy. Yeah. I've been saying for a long time now that a streaming film was probably not going to win. I mean, look at the Emmys. It took five or six years before a streaming TV show finally won one of the big categories, and that was Handmaid's Tale. And this was the first time a streaming movie was nominated, and I just know the way the industry works. It's going to take a few years for this to happen. And I ch well, It I might take one more year. I had maybe because <laughs> They debuted his trailer uh, during the Oscars, so they're already laying their plans. I had Green Book in my in my number one slot until the WGA when it lost at the Writers Guild. I said, "Okay, the why couldn't it have won at the Writers Guild? That would have that would have made me think, okay, it's going to win." Yeah, honestly, like it it in winning screenplay over the favorite upset me more because <laughs> like they this decade they've been really good about like actually awarding like really creative and writerly and mm -hmm. well written screenplays. And I mean, you could like like one of the movies more than any other, but you can't tell me that Green Book is a better written screenplay than The Favorite. And yeah, so like when I lost the UGA, I was like, okay, I think The Favorite is good for original screenplay. But then the second I won original, like Green Book won original screenplay, I was like, it's my best picture. Mm -hmm. And and what happened to Glenn Close? Because Chris, every single ballot at some point you had told us that was going for Glenn Close. What happened when that envelope was open? On our five secret ballots, it was four for Glenn and one for uh, Yalitza. Oh, wow. I, I that's I can explain away <laughs> some things, but I don't understand that one. I for people like us that that rely on campaigning and interviews and uh, Olivia Coleman is not of the stature of say a Francis McDormand or a Christian Bale to not run a campaign and she ran zero campaign and still won and, and glenn ran a great campaign i thought i think the favorite was just had more support because it had 10 nominations so it was just a more widely seen movie and glenn was the only, was um, only nomination though the irony is that you know the favorite lost every single thing we thought it was going to and win, then it won and then one that we didn't think it, was gonna win. <laughs> it, it totally pulled an hours where it we thought it was going to win screenplay it didn't and its only award was best actress 
I was devastated when that yeah, ended. I was like, I was happy for Olivia, but I was so sad for Glenn. I love Olivia, and I think, I think it was the best performance in that category. But I was still rooting for Glenn Close. Yeah, I think every, too. I mean, if you like watch Olivia the Coleman like, was rooting for Glenn. They were all like Lady Gaga said, like, oh my god, like Melissa McCarthy was just shell shocked. She was mad. You saw that. <laughs> she was mad with Elizabeth McCarthy. Like Glenn, you know, just tried to smile. Yalitza was the the most like nonchalant one. She was just like clapping, like happy to be here. Yeah, she doesn't do this for a living. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was Glenn's seventh loss. We should remind people, and that's a new record among actresses without a win. But yeah, Geraldine we thought it was gonna be Amy. <laughs> Geraldine Page won on her eighth. Yeah. So and Al Pacino. Still, yeah, and there's, so there's still a shot, Glenn. You need to get another role, which you're, you're like seven years old. It's going to be tough because of this industry. Is she needs to get Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, is, somebody's got to step forward. If I was a studio, I'd be thinking, you know, that's almost a guaranteed Oscar win, uh, at least one Oscar win, if not more for costumes and production design and all that. I, I think I might step forward with the money on that one. It's just like, <laughs> I think it's, it's even like crueler in a sense because she came so close. Like this is the closest she's ever been in any yeah, of her. Yeah, no one thought she was gonna win for album. Yeah, and then the, yeah, no one like people thought it was gonna be like Gaga or like you know Olivia going Lee, maybe that. But then the second she won the Globe and gave that speech, everything turned. So then I think everyone just kind of got used. I think even Olivia got used to the fact that oh, it's Glenn's time. Oh yeah, she yeah. was the most surprised person in that. So room. it's just like I mean, if 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 she would if Glenn were nominated and she hadn't you know won all these precursors and we weren't all expecting this, I think I would have been more less or less sad about her loss but it's like she dressed in gold like she was there to win it did we're you notice susan was in it just joined us i've seen your editor we're talking about the the olivia coleman upset uh, go ahead marcus finish your thought then we're going to have susan pipe pipe in here did you notice that all four acting winners they there's a good chance they will be on the emmy ballot so we have rami malik mr robot we have olivia coleman the crown could come back mahershala ali will be on the ballot for true detective and then Regina King, I saw a trailer for Watchmen. Yes, so all four could win Emmys. That's crazy. I think only one's actually going to be uh, two or yeah, two will be on the ballot. Uh, Olivia and, and Rob, they haven't finished Mr. Robot, so that's out. And um, Regina's show is not not slated for any time this season. I mean, that's like just we're not sure really on not to we're not, well, try Olivia to get the Olivia's got three uh, possibilities on the Emmy ballot. So even if the crown doesn't come back, um, look out for her and comedy supporting actress and limited series supporting actors. Susan, uh, you, from the beginning of this Oscar season, you were uh, really uh, believing in the Glenn Close thing. And then we talked you out of it. You changed your prediction. And then we, everybody talked you back into it. And we, but you were an early believer is what uh, the point I'm trying to make here. Um, what happened? <laughs> I wish I knew. But... <laughs> I think we're all baffled by this. Yes. No, she won. Hey, look, uh, Olivia Coleman won a BAFTA. So, uh, of course, theoretically, yeah. that, that kind of foreshadows the Oscar. But come on, she's British. And uh, we knew she was going to win there. Well, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. But... And Glenn won SAG. And that, that, that was like the. It should have been the the, the clincher, well, right? But Sag was watching her on the red carpet with that gold dress, which I know Joyce pointed out looked like she was already her own Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she seemed pretty confident, 
And like she brought her little white dog to the Independent Spirit Awards. It was on the stage and everything. So she was all ready to have a good time. And I was too. So, (laughs) but I think, you know, the favorite had 10 nominations. I don't know if people watched The Wife. They might yeah, have. It was, it was a low priority screener. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I wanted her to win. And, you know, that was the narrative. But, you know, I, I, I mean, I think The Wife is an okay film. It might be better than Green Book. I don't know. <laughs> so, but it is. I think, <laughs> a little. But, but that didn't matter with Beale okay, Street, let's though. Look at the positive. Okay, let's turn the frown upside down because I think she's still going to make movies. And if she does Sunset Boulevard and she gets the right director and it's done right, it, it could get her something. Yeah. And that's why More I think worthy yeah. of it. Yeah. That's why I think I, I was speculating, I think before or either the pre show or the post show, it's, you know, they blend together at this point. But when you have this many nominations without a win, you're competing not just against your fellow nominees, you're competing against your past nominations. Right. You know, where people start to think, okay, is this is the wife gonna be the movie that we give her the Oscar for when it wasn't Dangerous Liaisons, when it wasn't Fatal Attraction? Uh, and so maybe there were enough people in the Academy who were just like, this is not the right one. Just like for Amy Adams, Vice, this is not the right one for her to win on. Oh, they uh, haven't bought it through that much, Daniel. You're giving them way too much credit. But they, we know, it, just yeah. like Joyce said, they didn't see it. It was a low-priority screener. I love that that phrase. Uh, Joyce is right. They just didn't see it. But even people who didn't see it were going to vote for Glenn. <laughs> but I think there's also that factor, too. It's like, I mean... I think like one of our like anonymous uh, voters said like, oh, like Glenn's going to win. So I'm going to vote for someone else. Or maybe it was like some other, like there are a lot of people who think that way. It's like, oh, like they think someone's going to win. Olivia was definitely the fun choice. Yeah. If you wanted to go rogue. Do you think she was surprised too? Yeah, oh, cool. they're all surprised. <laughs> Probably because our, our our predictions were so bad in some of those cases. You know, I was uh, working the red carpet. I know, but I was working the red carpet. I was over there all morning uh, at the Oscars, and everybody was quoting our our odds. <laughs> even even one guy who didn't know I was with Gold Derby, he was yelling at me. But Golden Derby says this. Golden Derby says, and I said, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> Never mind. uh, (laughs) but uh our odds our expectations our critics consensus was out there everywhere and the assumptions that were made were in many ways based on our stupid predictions but uh look i i i've told dave carker this you know dave when i have had this conversation for many years he joined us from the very beginning of the gold derby and he says oh he gets dave gets so uh you know um like we all do just uh angst written over predictions and, and when we're and when we don't do well we're beating ourselves up and oh god i just i can't do it another year i just can't keep putting out, going out on that limb with my predictions and in those moments of self-doubt that we all have like that i think the thing we have to remember is that it's very important for us to be wrong one of the and I, that sounds ridiculous but think about it when you one of the great values of gold derby is that when we go back and we look at how stupid we've been in best picture I think what four out of the last five years we've gotten it wrong. I think that's actually the number. I think we went with uh, Birdman over, I mean, with Boyhood over Birdman, Revenant over Spotlight, uh, uh, you know, uh, La La Land over Moonlight. La La Land. So uh, 
and we accidentally got uh, Shape of Water right last year, but by a narrow margin of experts, you know, idiots like me <laughs> on the free billboard. Right. <laughs> accidentally got it right. Accidentally got it right. So uh, I think that when we look back historically at the bad predictions of Gold Derby, even like this season, when we go back to August and we look, you know, what did we have number one there? Oh, we had this and that, like Black Klansman. I think it's what what our bad predictions or all of our predictions do so interestingly is give us that snapshot of industry expectation versus reality. And I think that's an invaluable insight wherever it leads. And sometimes it's not favorable to us. Well, let me say this. I follow a lot of sports and people lose tons of money on sports every single day, every single weekend. And they're picking one over another in almost every sport. You're picking this team or this team. You're picking, uh, you know, and that that's in almost every sport. The fact that we do as well as we do individually and as a website, picking one out of five or one out of eight categories, <laughs> and sometimes one out of seven or one out of eight or one out of ten, that's remarkable. And and our website had, we we I think Daniel said we had missed ten. So if we had fourteen out of the 24, right, as a website, as a combined score. But the other nine, we had them in second place. Yeah, we nine had nine, nine out of the 10 we missed. We are, The winner was in second place in our odds. Uh, the only time we had uh, the third place person in our odds won was uh, best sound editing. We had Bohemian Rhapsody down in third, and, and that ended up winning. But even that wasn't that far out. You know, if you looked at the numerical odds and, you know, a lot of people were predicting it. So even the ones we missed, we didn't miss drastically. It's like no one can come to us in fifth place saying, why didn't you predict me to win? Because no one in fifth place in our odds won. So mm -hmm. like everyone who won was the front runner or very close. Well, to me, that's just amazing compared to sports where people that's a good point. You know, have a very hard time picking between one team and another. What did y'all think of the ceremony? I loved it. Let me just I set loved it. That was... I Go ahead. Like, I, I don't believe like award shows like need a host at all. Susan, wait, I agree. Let let Joyce finish the thought. We'll okay, go I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, Joyce. I just don't believe award shows need hosts at all. Like I just want to see like the winners, like read the nominees, give out the awards, and like let me hear their speeches. Like I and the problem with the Oscars is their pacing has always been terrible because they only have 24 categories. And you look at the Emmys, they have 27 categories. The Globes now have 27 with the Carol Burnett Award. And the Emmys and the Globes have always managed to finish, you know, around like three hours, maybe like five minutes over. The Globes finished 20 minutes over this year because of the extra award. But like the Emmys have a host and they still managed to do that with the extra categories. The Globes for a while never had a host. And even with hosts, they still managed to finish relatively on time. So I think, you know, now like in modern times, like, you know, the first time without a host in 30 years for the Oscars, like, it's perfectly fine and it made for a more intimate ceremony, I think, because it's just kind of like you didn't have to pay attention to like this person on stage trying to like get you to laugh. There were no like wasted moments with like, you know, tour bus people coming in for six minutes and forcing these A-list oh, stars yeah. in the first yeah. row to like <laughs> entertain them. And it, it only went 20 minutes over, which I think is a, a totally, you know, like, conceivable time for a award show like that. Susan. No, I um, liked who they picked to be the presenters and it didn't, they fixed everything pretty well. All the messes were kind of cleaned up, I think pretty niftily, but, you know, seeming, seeing Amy Poehler and um, 
Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph, her singing to Lady Gaga, like Lady Gaga was great. But the rabbits, the rabbit puppets, I wish there was a show with her doing <laughs> an imitation of Olivia Coleman with her little puppet. <laughs> I will say the three you mentioned, the three SNL ladies, when they came out and did their shtick of, we're not your host, but if we were, we'd be doing this. I wish they had done that, you know, every hour, bring them out every hour. Again, you guys, again, we're not your hosts, but if we were, and then they could close the show too yeah. and be like, if we were your host, we would close it like this, but we're not. So good night. I think it just would have been really fun and a, a nice wink to the controversy. And the speeches were all good. I, I can't believe my skin friend won. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his wife, the producer who made a cameo in the video too. So General cool. Hospital alum, mm. Jamie, Jamie Ray, Ray Newman. Newman. I'm so I was so excited for her. Uh, you know, she, 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 and she was, she, here's how, much into soaps I was at the time. She was on General Hospital like maybe 15 years ago for a couple of years, uh, but her character was important. They killed her off and it was a huge storyline uh, after that. Um, I've been paying attention to whatever she's done ever since. So I was so thrilled that it's like, well, oh, Jamie Ray Newman won Oscar. I stopped watching after Elizabeth Taylor was <laughs> <laughs> I think that the four acceptance speeches of the actors were superb. Like, this they is were what great. We, we love in award shows when uh, Rami Malek got up there and his with with just such uh, just force of passion. I will remember this moment the rest of my life. I am the son of Egyptian immigrants. These moments he had one after another, after another that were just gut kicking. And then when Elizabeth Coleman gets up there and like, whoa, it's, when Elizabeth Coleman got up out of her seat, kind of spun around, like, in, am I in a dream? And you saw Emma Stone over her shoulder going, you know, yes. Emma was the happiest person in the room. <laughs> and then Jordan's Lanthimos got up and, like, and he was crying. I loved that so much. I loved it too. But Lady Gaga, when she won for song and she was up there pouring her heart out, she was aching. And these are the big, wonderful moments of, a sh of show business awards where, where you hear uh, Lady Gaga say, this is hard work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> carrying all these jewels around every day, you know. Um, it's, it's, it... <laughs> how, how great was I'm her a little performance? disappointed she didn't do a meat dress thing. Like, I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> voting is over, she, they're she not gonna penalize her crazy about you know, at the Grammys. Like, this is like, she has to be classy, so. And the staging, this is a shout out to Glenn Weiss, the director who also does such a superb job at the Tony Awards. Boy, the staging of the song, of the Star Is Born song was perfect. This, the, I love how the, they just went into it, like, no way. Yes, well, like, right, the, the camera comes around. I was watching one of my sports shows and they have um, they do entertainment stuff too. One of their reporters was talking to Glenn Weiss after the show last night. The whole Star is Born segment was Bradley Cooper. He directed the whole thing. Oh, did he? Uh, was perfect. Yeah. Because look at how he it started. And, and basically told them what he wanted the shots. Well, that, well, that's why then he did this at the end of it. Like, whew, that was, okay, that explains <laughs> it. But the, the genius of the shot. So the camera just goes around. And here we see our, our friends Gaga and Bradley in the front row. Oh, we'll just step up to do a number for our friends here around us. They get up and they slide into these roles perfectly. He doesn't try to uh, compete with her during those screaming parts of the song. He just stayed and did his, you know, his uh, 
his role. And then he just let her do it while he just kind of rocked back and forth on his stool and then came around. And as he came around the piano there, uh, the way the camera moved, it was our point of view as the viewer. And it was as if we were stepping by to let him go by and sit near Gaga. And then the way they framed the shot with his his uh, profile against hers and they were done. And she turned to him with these sparkling eyes like, we did it! <laughs> and, then, and, then, and they nailed it. And then and he got up and then Bradley did this. It's This is the biggest reality show on TV. These are our cultural gods who are, are winning and losing like we do every day of our lives. And there are these moments that uh, will live for... Uh, we didn't get to see when Rami fell off the stage, did we? That was a commercial. There's a, there's a video on, on Twitter. Wow. I just I just found a video on Twitter. It was, was actually pretty funny. Oh my god. Uh, funny because <laughs> he's just like walking and he just like plops. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed the show, but the the person in me that would love to produce one of these one day, I cannot stand presenters that have never met each other presenting together. That just makes no sense to me whatsoever. You've had like four different five different Black Panther people on stage presenting five different awards with people they didn't know. I know. They, they should not have had them bestow well, awards well, to themselves. Yeah, well, they know the categories where the film was have Somebody presenting an award that's involved in the category. And, and I don't even it. just mean a co-star in the... Samuel L. Jackson had no business presenting an award where Spike Lee is involved because... I, I liked that one. I'll give no, them no, that it, one. It turned out fine, but the people sitting at home go, oh, well, they knew. Well, they didn't know, but they, they sort of knew. But what if he hadn't won? Samuel L. Jackson would have gone on into profanity. Uh, I mean, it would have been very embarrassing if, if Spike Lee hadn't won. I just, I don't like, there's so many opportunities to, to, not, to not have somebody. I don't think involved. he would have done it on stage. He would have just complained afterwards. No, and we've I, seen you know, people upset before that, they, that their person didn't win. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like that at all. I thought certain aspects of the show were incredible. And if they hadn't, you know, really the time killer for the whole show was introducing those 10, those eight best picture I know, nominees. I if the, if I mean, not that it didn't really add much to the show, you could have done just a quick montage, but you take that out, which had to have been 16 minutes. They're right. The at, Green Book one went so long and it was the last one. They're right at three hours. If they take those out, they was could it, have still all 24 categories and everything else, all five songs, they could have done everything they wanted to do if they just didn't do the best picture uh, presentations. Who, what, what was it, Lady Gaga, when she was kind of going off the rails? Who was it? Who was talking when Jennifer Hudson was like in the audience going, uh, like, you know, with this hilarious response, like, oh God, this, this, was it Spike or was it? I Lady think it was Lady Gaga, Gaga when she was saying how she was going off the rails and we weren't sure whether and she was in this in crazy land and we weren't sure that she was going to rescue this moment. So, I mean, it was it was so perfect because this is what we were all thinking, like, oh, God, 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 don't don't lose it. Now go. This is your moment. We want this to be a winning thing for you. And then she and she turns around and, and nails it. But to watch Jennifer Hudson's be like, oh, my God, she's not going to get through this. She's going to. Oh, but she did. Go, girl. Okay, okay, okay. You got this. Fine. And the fact that they stayed with the camera on her, which was not flattering for Gaga to do that, was wonderful. I, I said in our our blog item where we were all commenting, Glenn Weiss is just the master at this. He stuff. is that opening section with Amy and Tina and Maya. Yeah. His audience reactions were just perfect. Yeah. Uh, he found just the right people at just the right moments, and and he's just an expert at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Bravo, Glenn. Brilliant show.
Come do another interview with us in a few weeks. Good, let's do it. Absolutely. He keeps winning the Emmy every year for this. Good. Well, that's just your proposal, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Proposal at the end. This this time maybe this time maybe it'll be like a like one of those like baby gender reveals or something when he wins or like, he, he probably else. he probably would have gone married on the Oscars if they didn't have the three hour mandate. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's wrap this up. Final thoughts. We will work from uh, the right of my screen, Susan, and then Joyce, and then Marcus, then Chris. Susan, you first. Final thought. I thought the show was better than some of the movies, so that's a good thing. <laughs> I enjoyed it more than I, anything, any, you know, publicity would have told us otherwise. So maybe this will help, you know, make it more of a inclusive event the way they did Joyce, you're next. Yeah, I really like the first part of the show when you had all these historic wins with Ruth Carter and Hannah Beekler becoming the first African-American winners of their categories. Um, and they make it just three uh, black women who won Oscars for non-acting uh, things because um, most black women have just won for acting and the only other person is uh, Irene Cara for song. So like that's huge. And you had so many, you know, uh, diversity or diverse winners. Um, and I thought the pacing of the show was really well done. So I'm here for no hosts forever. <laughs> and I'm very happy that Richard E. Grant met Barbara Streisand. We should wear T-shirts that say "No Host" <laughs> all the time. Marcus, um, my, the best moment for me was the, the Stars Born performance. I think that's the greatest performance I've ever seen on the Oscar stage. Woo. My least favorite moment—I love Olivia, but Glenn. This was Glenn's trophy, and I was—I felt my heart ripped out of my chest at that moment. It's I, so hard because, like, you—you're happy for one. Yeah. And you're so sad for the other. And then when, and when Olivia, Glenn, I didn't want it to be this way. <laughs> All right, uh, Daniel, you're next. Um, well, I will I will be the um, the minority report. I'm actually writing an article with that title uh, on Green Book. Uh, I, as someone who liked it better than a lot of the detractors, I will say it was the wrong Best Picture winner. Oh um, God, you're gonna! I, oh, I'm I'm gonna write a no, defense. Okay, you're taking I, on I, all you bloggers for bullies. I, I'm not writing a takedown. I'm just what what I'm I. The reason it was the wrong winner, I think it it it. it it's a bad winner for the Oscars, and I think it hurts. It'll hurt Green Book how it's viewed in the oh, future. Oh, poo, poo, because poo. Um, you know here you have, <laughs> as Joyce was saying, um, you had a year where we had so much uh, uh, progress in terms of you know these you know Black Panther was winning historic awards, and Regina King won for Beale Street, and Spike Lee won for the first time for Black Klansman, and the Best Picture of the Year, and, and, and Roma was, you know, this, this incredible Mexican achievement. And Best Picture decides that the story of racism has to be told by white people from a white point of view. Oh, uh, that's that's just, simply it's, wrong. It's we see this movie through Mahershala's eyes mostly, and, who, and it was who both, apparently wasn't accurately portrayed at all. So that's right. I'm sure. I'm sure that 99% of the Oscar uh, winning roles historically are not accurate. No, but I mean, like, if you're going to say that the movie is from his point of view and then his family comes out and says, like, no, this is not who this guy yeah, was. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the issue is not really that it's, he's not accurately portrayed. It's that, like, they didn't even consult his family when they made the movie. 
which well, is that's really true if you'll read the last couple of weeks like they it's just well it's just like it's not good pr in any sense for like one side to be like they never talked to us and then them being adamantly and just kind of defensive about never it even, never even met him so oh right 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 so but yes uh now chris you and i know that this is a great best picture win uh, we got to take these young uns on like daniel uh what's uh, uh sum it up for us chris I was so fearful this was going to be a bad show for weeks and weeks and weeks, but they really pulled it out of the fire. And I, I feel like I feel like it was the the best paced Oscars I've seen in a long time. I'm not wow. in the no host family because you get a Billy Crystal at his prime or a Whoopi Goldberg in her prime or Bob Hope or Johnny Carson. They can be unbelievable. Hugh Jackman's one year. They can be there can be really great hosts. Uh, and they can do it in three hours, three hours and 10 minutes, whatever. Um, it, it just happened to be that this year worked really well without one. My final thought is this is one of the great Oscar years overall. Uh, we got stumped in two of the top races. And uh, we like that when it happens because this is a race. And we always we have to act like we know what's happening because that's what a pundit's supposed to do, be smug and give you confidence and our confidence. But on the other hand, uh, we get humbled at the finish line very often. And this is showbiz. This is entertainment that the Oscars put on a show, both on the awards arena for us on the track and, and on the stage. And they, they didn't, with all the calamity and all the criticism that was uh, dumped on this year, they pulled it out in the end beautifully, I think. Uh, but that doesn't matter. What do you think? Uh, you, stick with gold derby. Uh, Pipe in with your comments in the forums and in the comments section and let us know. Thanks.